The business of operations management is difficult, particularly in large enterprises like banking, insurance, and other services companies with teams of hundreds and thousands around the globe. Now add in recent pandemic forcing the workplace to change forever. Managers and employees are under immense pressure to get work done, while also finding ways to balance performance and well-being. The complexity is building, and it can be difficult to find the answers. This podcast, AO On Air, partnered with ActiveOps, is designed to help identify areas that will help employees, managers, and senior leaders find solutions to the challenges within operations management. The future of work will take all departments, such as HR, IT, and ops, aligned along with a steady dose of innovation to succeed. We'll bring you topics, thought leadership, and simple plans to help lead your teams into the future of work. A hybrid work world that will learn from one another and truly act globally, breaking down the silos of older management models for new ways of working. Welcome to the journey. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome to AO On Air. My name is Michael Cups. This is a podcast sponsored by ActiveOps. Really fun uh, topic today to talk with one of our team members out of Scotland. His name is John Henderson and uh, he'll introduce himself in a minute. But we're going to talk about the conundrum of operations management or the puzzle that uh, the pieces that managers have to go through to make it work. So welcome, John Henderson. Thank you, Michael. Great to be with you. Excellent. Well, good to, good to see you again, as always. I wondered if you might just uh, give us a little bit about you and your background and, and uh, so, so everybody knows the context. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you've, you've already said I'm uh, based in Edinburgh in Scotland, so four and a half thousand miles away from you. But through the miracles of technology, we're able to have this face-to-face conversation today. Um, yeah, so I've been with ActiveOps for two years. Um, prior to that, I was 34 years working in financial services. So I've, I've kind of done my national service, so to speak. Um, so yeah, lots of experience with uh, retail banking, um, working in call center environments, back office environments, offshoring. And, and the last kind of job I really got involved in was looking after the capacity management and process management tool set um, for RBS and NatWest. Excellent. Well, great to have you and great to have that experience. And, and then to a topic that's sometimes difficult to explain, um, and and I, what I really like about what you're going to walk through today is you found kind of a, 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 a visual way of explaining the problem and the solution. And so I'm going to hold up my version of it. I have a, a, a one of the puzzles that John's going to talk about today, if I can get that in the camera. Uh, and he has one too. But uh, the nice thing about it is there's there's a, a simple way of showing you this, but it's a complex problem to solve. So why don't we start there, John? The the problem itself is you have finite number of resources and, and finite number of time, and you're trying to make it work, right, for whatever that operational task is. Uh, and yeah. maybe we could talk a little bit about what are those resources that, that are variables and what are the, the challenges of, of aligning them? Sure. Well, you know, I, th- I think... First thing with this, and yeah, I've also got my puzzle here too, but rather than uh, maybe spend time with it in case I drop any of the pieces, I thought we'd just use some slides to maybe walk that through. So if it's okay, I'll maybe share one or two slides just to, to, to explain that. Yep. Um, so yeah, the, the operational conundrum, as, a, as I've effectively called it, it's uh, this is it. And this is what we um, aim to try and resolve daily, weekly, monthly, uh, quarterly, annually. The, the being able to balance the work with the resources. And as you say, we start with an initial frame. And this initial frame for me is to try and box in or represent the finite resources. And when I was looking for an an analogy, a puzzle, uh, a trick, it was really important for me to get a trick 
that didn't have any deception in it, no sleight of hand, no illusion. So this is a puzzle. It's got hard edges. They are solid. They've not got any flappy doors or anything like that. It has to be representative of the, the finite resource we actually have in the business. So the first part is having that frame, that sand pit, or that place in which we can play. So that defines the resource. The next part that we then have is then to consider all the variables. And as you said, it, this is where we've got you know, different size pieces of work. We've got different lengths of tasks. We've got different complexity. We've got different skills. We've got a whole bunch of different things that we need to bring together within our framework. Uh, and then it's, it's resolving for that. Um, but not just putting the pieces in. We've also got to be thinking about what's the compliance rules we've got to play to? What are the SLAs we've got to conform to? What level of quality have we got to work to? And all importantly, and I've used NPS, but it's, it's a customer satisfaction index, the, the, what matters to the customer. So in the, the operational managers have got a complex job. It's not just balancing the work to the resource, but also these other, other variable metrics as well that they've got to keep their eyes on. From there, we then try to get back to the position every single day. Have I got sufficient work to keep all my people occupied? And inversely, do I have enough people to do all the work that I've got to do? So that's what we strive to do and get that balanced every single day. My challenge and my question for the conundrum, however, is this little light blue square that you can see, would it be possible to take that out and add that in with the other five pieces that make up this puzzle to generate that additional capacity to do more. So yeah, can we deliver more? So we take the pieces out, we try to rebuild it. And it's interesting, it's difficult. It's really difficult for us when we're in a habitual mode to continue to try and find and find the space to consider different ways to do things. And when I said about, can you add that other square into this puzzle? Lots of people go, it's impossible. I can't do more than I'm already doing. I hear that with immense regularity. Um, it's difficult to then think, well, how can I sweat the assets more? And it's not a particularly nice expression, but essentially, how can I do more with the same that I've actually got? But there could be a way. Nonetheless, we all feel very awkward when we're asked to do that. And it's a constant challenge for operational managers to either do more with less, do more with the same cost challenges and all manner of other challenges that get placed upon us. So it's really difficult to break free and actually try and reconfigure that and represent the work within the confines of that framework to generate that additional capacity. So if you continue doing it the same way, as you've done it before, it's no surprise you then just recreate the same outcome. So this is the same layout of the puzzle as it started, because habitually we will just go, well, this work goes here, that gets done there, that gets done here, and we just then recreate it. Some might say it's madness, where we just continue to do the same thing in the same way as we've always done. But that's kind of where we've got to. Um, but if we continue to do it the same way, we're not going to get a different outcome. If you try to do it, Without guidance, without support, without intelligence, without data, yeah. those insights that you get, you get frustrated, you tend to give up, and you'll go back to or revert to type. Um, to do it a different way requires that whole creativity, uh, a degree of drive, 
motivation, but also a bit of a leap of faith to actually do it. So if we want to be able to do more work with the same type of resource and do it in a slightly different way, we've got to think a little bit differently. We've got to flip the pieces. We've got to try it in different ways, break the habits and do it in a different manner. Otherwise, we habitually just put all the bits straight back in the same place. We want to try and do that differently. So you could practice. You could keep going. You could different, do different things. You've got to be strong and, and not give up. You have to be composed so you don't get angry. And, and these are the kind of key skills. If you were just taking all the pieces out and trying to restack them and adding that sixth light blue piece in, this is what you would need to be able to have the longevity of effort and endeavor and stick with it. But there is a way. And if you know the method, that will accelerate this whole process. Now, without giving too much away, and I'll probably just skip on, you can see the image on the left is the way in which the puzzle was originally constructed. And the image on the right there is actually the way in which the puzzle can then add the sixth piece. And suddenly it becomes really simple to do. And I'm quite sure we could probably get some of these puzzles out to the marketplace somewhere or somehow so you could actually play with that. But once you know how, it is easy. And it's that how that really, it, it, it really encourages me that there is new ways of working. And there it is. There's the puzzle with the additional light blue piece now in situation. And we've created that, but it isn't magic. And it isn't an illusion. It is science. It is all possible. Yes. You have to believe it's going to be there. And the key for me is if you have the data and you have the insights and the methodology, you can have success in the operational environment of creating this additional sixth piece. We sure. call that latent capacity. It's what resides in your business every single day. If you want to work with us and have further conversations about it, I'd be delighted to help but it all comes down to having a belief and a self-belief that you can achieve this. Yeah, very good. Very good, John. Um, I, well well said on all of it. It's, it's fun to go through the through, through the making of the puzzle in a different way as well. So I appreciate you, you showing the visual. I'm sitting here holding a couple of pieces of the puzzle. Um, I, I'm just curious, how do... I mean, obviously, when somebody comes to a, an operations manager and says you have, to do, you have to do more with the same amount of people... I mean, how do they know which pieces, uh, you know, in practical terms, they, they're starting to move around? Or what, what data is it that, they're, that, that they need in order to make good decisions? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, that uh, under, under, we've, habitual, we've got habitual data in uh, back office environments. We're not like the call center environments where we've got a plethora of real-time data, real-time insights. We can see on the call arrival boards of how many calls I've got in my queue. Uh, what's my average handling time? What's my current abandonment rate? If you go into operations, very rare you will find that real-time insight. Where am I now? What have I got in my queue? And what really pivotal is, if I do nothing now, where am I going to be at the end of the day? Am I going to have over resource or under resource? I'm going to fall short of service level or am I going to be in a position where, you know what, we're all sitting back, sitting on easy street because we finished all our work at half past two, but meantime, we've got another processing team around the corner that's maybe really all, all, all hands to the pump. Um, so for me, one of the key bits of data that we need is this real time 
real-time understanding of where am I, what have I got in the queue, relative to the resources I've got, where am I going to be at the end of the day? The fundamental principle would be if you do not use that resource properly today, you lose it. And unlike the work, you can't carry the resource forward as a commodity tomorrow. The work can go, that can be moved forward, but you can't take the time. Yeah, it's interesting because I I, I saw a survey and I don't rec- remember the source. So I, I, at the risk of getting it wrong, I won't say a source. But there was an unusual high amount of of percentage of what managers proclaimed they spend more time looking for data than actually making decisions. Uh, I mean, would you was that from your experience as well in the in the situations you've been put in? Yeah, and I think not only looking at the data but even preparing it. Yeah. So preparing an operational manager or team leaders when they've got um, many people that they look after, um, the process of collating data for even a one-to-one, which you know the one-to-one conversation should be more about the person and having those kind of conversations than the collation of the data to get a picture that I could then uh, have a conversation with. So you're absolutely right. There's, there's an awful lot of scrambling about collation of Excel spreadsheets, um, amalgamation of those, summarizing that, and, and so an awful lot of reporting tomorrow about what we did yesterday. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, Michael, for me, spending all that time looking in the rearview mirror of my car is not what my job should be about. I want to be looking out the windscreen and driving my business forward. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There's too much time looking back and reflecting, and it's difficult for them to do. That's not value have conversations. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. I got two two more questions for you, and then we can we sure. can wrap it up. The um, first question is just what you said there. It's interesting because the the manager to employee interactions uh, that that had to start happening during the pandemic, uh, and I found if I find it kind of frustrating if an employee has to explain what they did today instead of how they did today, right? And so. Uh, kind of that information and that visibility allows you to have a conversation because you should already know what they did. It's a matter of how did they do it and how are they feeling about it and everything else, right? Spot on. Um, but once again, you know, data can be a blunt instrument. Um, and if you use the wrong elements of the data or you don't combine the data points together correctly for a, 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 a true conversation, you know, one element, you could look as though, you know what, John, you've done great. You've hit your 10 items today. Fantastic. And John gets all the credit every single day. Wonderful John hitting 10, achieving 10. But if you don't know how long it actually took him, he could have been finished at half past two, sitting pretty for the afternoon. John's probably well capable of doing more than just the altitude of the target that he's been set of 10. Meanwhile, somebody who's maybe struggling a little bit more, one of my colleagues could be achieving eight or nine, but they've been working for hours to get to that position. So, you know, data's great, but combining the data for purposeful and meaningful stories and, and good conversations, that's really what it's all about. That's great. That's a, that's a good, good response. Um, so the last thing, I, I, I've been very careful with my copy of this puzzle because I didn't want to drop it and have to just have, take all the pieces home with me in a, in a, in a bag. Um, but it seems to me that you, you probably did this puzzle, and more importantly, you solved this puzzle in operations. And once you know the formula and you know how to get it right, it becomes, I mean, it's speed is there and, and confidence is there. I mean, what, what are the kind of the ramifications of just knowing how to put that puzzle together? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a very good question again. So, so you may or may not be aware, but I was a client before I was an employee of ActiveOps. So um, well, I think when you first go on the journey, um, you have to have that leap of faith. You have to try it. 
you have to experience it. And when you start learning the methodology and you can see the benefits that that brings, you get quicker and quicker and quicker and the benefits can all arise. And it's, it's then that story, taking that on board, taking that to a wider community, that's the joy of what I do nowadays, working with all uh, the, the banks, insurance companies across the world that I'm fortunate enough to engage with, to share some of that journey tell, the journey and storytelling that I get involved with. So yeah, it's um, it, it takes, it, you have to get started. Once you get started, the fun just rolls in after that. Excellent, excellent. And so the exciting thing about this is you're going to share this uh, this same presentation with a with a set of colleagues and banking uh, back office officials in uh, Vienna in the coming months, and we'll publish this this podcast on the same day so they can share it with their peers and share the experience and talk about it. And uh, I think you did a wonderful job of being the puzzle master today. Thank you, John, very much. And thank you for joining us joining us late in your day. Uh, hopefully someday we can get you over here in Dallas. We can watch you watch the. Uh, the Cowboys, even though they 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 don't they aren't setting winning examples, but maybe it's better if I come to Scotland and you can show me one of your winning examples there. <laughs> that would be my pleasure to have you over here as well, Michael. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you. Enjoy your trip to Vienna, and thanks for your insights today. For those watching, if you want to uh, find out more information about John, you can find him on LinkedIn. If you also want to learn more about uh, ActiveOps and the methodology and the products, you can go to our resource hub on ActiveOps.com. You can also check out more videos on AOTV. Thanks very much, and have a great day. At ActiveOps, we call it Management Process Automation, or MPA. MPA helps managers make better decisions by providing a consistent, easy-to-understand view of capacity and productivity. MPA does the hard work of consolidating information, forecasting and planning, and even gives you visibility of skills and capabilities across your enterprise. Your managers can make decisions based on a complete picture of their operations and then get back to leading. As work progresses, MPA helps managers spot problems early and deal with them proactively, celebrate successes properly, and match resource to workload in real time. By making managers more effective, MPA reduces operational costs. Best of all, the right MPA tools make it possible to deliver all these benefits across global enterprises with thousands of employees. Solutions like Workwear Plus from ActiveOps, Workwear Plus builds on our 20 years of experience supporting service operations to give you a 360-degree view of your operations, helping you turn operations management from a guessing game into a game-changing source of efficiency and value. Employees are empowered to manage their days and weeks, feeling accomplished, confident and able to balance work and personal life. Wherever your organization or customers live and work, ActiveOps is ready to help you deliver world-class service and employee engagement to help your company thrive. ActiveOps. See further. Know more. Move faster.